everybody good day good evening and today i am again back with another spicy podcast which is related to the very famous playlist of the harems that is geopolitics and today we are again back with some new and current affairs which are related to the indo pak relations and we will compare the india and pakistan country and also we will go inside some of the relations of india with neighboring countries and also we will also discuss some more facts and today I am again back with the very famous guest of geopolitics who is Pranit Kitendi and he is really well versed in all these geopolitics situations and geopolitics infos I guess you might have been knowing him if you just follow the geopolitics playlist so yeah again I would like to welcome Mr Pranit Kitendi to my podcast so Mr Pranit Kitendi welcome to our podcast bro I'm very glad to be here back again Mr Anish Patel I'm very pleased to be here okay So Mr Pranit Gidnandi as I was actually listening to your podcast channel you were actually referring to all these Iranian invasions and all these topics in your podcast so how is it going when it comes to the situation of Iranians in your podcast Iranians you mean uh, okay see this Iranian invasion myth is it's a myth okay it, it has been perpetuated by this colonial pigs in a manner to bring divisions among north indians and south indians So that's the thing. I don't refer Aryans as the supreme class. Arya means there's no word called Arya in Sanskrit. In southern part of the world, that is in southern part of Asia, it's the Arya means Sahib or something like that. Yeah, it's not a special thing. Okay, so that was amazing. And yeah, in past I have also seen your podcast, which was actually related to Indo and the Pak relations. and it was actually a really <coughs> great podcast to be mentioned. Actually, that was my first podcast of my playlist. Okay so it was the first podcast of the geopolitics playlist in your podcast yes. that's really amazing and yeah friend to this indo pak relations what do you think about india and pakistan individually would you like to just give your point of view about these two countries without any biasness towards any country okay so it's you know there's no such thing called bias because it's is the reality okay <laughs> and uh, referring to this bharat aka india and pakistan or pakistan these two are very different states historically these two were part of a civilization that was bharatakhand or jammu dwip or whatever and now these two have been separated from each other by this artificial line which was created by our great 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 prime minister mr lehru and gandhi and lord mountbatten and that because of which the partition took place and we were divided and today we can see these two states heading in completely different directions as of now india is set to become third largest economy by 2026 and uh, it is one of the strongest country in terms of epp that is purchase power parity and in terms of military in terms of geopolitics it has very strong grip and it can you know like arm twist anybody or can make influence pressure on other countries taking consider india before taking any you know rational decisions and something like that but on the other hand if you see pakistan pakistan is broke country people are fighting over for bag of flour bag of wheat bag of rice and they're fighting over it and you know terrorist nation it has imf bailout bailed it out multiple times because of its loans it's in a death trap of china and it's a terrorist nation in simple words and one thing is sure that pakistan is a temporary nation it will be and it must be dismantled by hook or crook by today not today not tomorrow at least in few decades to come Okay so as you just mentioned that Pakistan also includes some terrorists I should have also mentioned that from the after side like from the Afghanistan side mm-hmm. it is even influenced by Talibanis 
and from here near the punjab which is current punjab of pakistan it is being influenced by khalistanis khalistanis are like these are like canon photos of west okay khalistan doesn't exist okay in sikh term the khel means prem sacrifice qurban okay nobody can achieve that you know except some gurus and all and these people are they sab dikhe hue hai matlab they write this english khalistan in their flag to trust their masters who are in western countries and all this is not going to work okay there are around 40 i wanted terrorist got killed just this year somebody got shot someone got poisoned someone got killed by road someone got you know rabies and all yeah this is look both in a rocky shaji say i say okay so that was actually you know some crazy information about khalistanis and khalistani movements mm-hmm. and also the people who think that khalistan the country which is a hypothetical country it will exist in the future and no, they no, are no. currently working on it no no it will never punjabis are the most patriot people among the indian homeland and khalistanis are like this anti nationals they are working abroad they are working in india to achieve their objectives of anti nationals okay these are not people of india these are you know, working for someone else who is in canada who is in britain who is in usa yeah. so that was thing which was actually related to khalistanis mm-hmm. and yeah i just had another question which is actually related to india and pakistan's tourism mm-hmm. so as you might be knowing that if you have to travel from any other country you have to take either a visa or you have to lie on the passport the strength of the passport mm-hmm. so coming in that question right mm-hmm. as you might have seen that indian passport and the pakistani passport if we compare both of them indian passport is a bit less stronger than pakistani passport so why is that because see pakistan is currently really less developed compared to as of india but still why pakistani passport is so stronger compared to indian passport so can you answer this who said you that pakistani passport is stronger than indian passport some articles i guess uh, no 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 the articles which you are referring might be they might be very leftist or some like the mint the bbc the cnn these are all like anti india media outlets uh, for example i'll give an example when chandrayaan 3 landed on moon the world was celebrating because india was the first country to land on south pole of the moon but we had this bbc anchor who commented that former colony of britain can land on moon then we don't want to send them any aids or something like that but the reality was we were not receiving any aid from the britain and yeah this is the you know face of those articles which you just mentioned okay so yeah. to be honest then uh, i guess indian passport is much more stronger than pakistani passport the strength of the passport depends upon the strength of the country actually Okay so I have seen multiple times that Pakistani people they themselves rip apart their Pakistani passports I never saw an Indian rip up ripping apart his Indian passport in any scenario yeah it's just a mirror which shows whose passport is very strong okay yeah. so indeed if we have to grow and make our passport even stronger mm-hmm. then what can be the circumstances which can increase the strength of our Indian passport can you mention them in order to increase the strength of indian passport first we need to develop the infrastructure out here it will indeed repay into bringing in more tourists and actually tourism is very big in the shoke if it flourishes in india it can add up to around 1 or 2 billions in annual gdp of the country yeah it's a very huge industry and we must take steps to increase the step of the tourism okay so that was an amazing information which was actually related to passports of both the countries and i guess this discussion might have been really necessary because most of the people might not be knowing about how actually passport works and how the strength of the passport is being determined 
So coming back to our topic of Indo-Pak relations. So from when did India and Pakistan's relation actually started to be crucial? Because as you might have seen in the starting of the partition, right? Both the countries were really peaceful. But what was the triggering point to make the Pakistan and India totally like rivals? The partition happened on the basis of the religion and these two states were never peaceful. From the point of the partition till now these two are rivals. Okay, so as you mentioned that it was made on the basis of religion. But still, in India too, there are many people who are Muslims. And in Pakistan too, there are many people who are Hindus. So, can we actually say that it is totally based on religion or there were some other agendas between the partition? Yeah, you are actually right away. This is an agenda to break India further and again. See, the dead days, first they snatched, they made this Eastern Pakistan and Western Pakistan. Then we went and liberated Bangladesh because of this. What they, the Pakistanis did in Bangladesh was very terrible. They were killing billions of Hindus out there. And because of which India had to intervene and we have to liberate Eastern Pakistan, that is present in Bangladesh from the Western Pakistan. And instead of reuniting that territory into Indian subcontinent, we gave it an independence. And yeah, this is an agenda to break India further, further, further and further. Okay, so I guess this is an endless loop to, you know, break the India from inside and yes, just yes, uh, yes, terrify yes, it. Yes. And just to demolish and just mm. increase the British agenda. Yes, yes. Actually, partition was a very terrible thing. As we lost this connection to the Europe through landmass and because of which we had to cut out our roads from European traders and because of that we can't even have this gas pipelines from Russia as well. Yeah, it was a geographical calculated move to partition India in such a way that it never grows back, it never bounces back. But they were wrong. We have bounced back and we are challenging our former colonizers. Okay, so in future, do you think that there are some possibility that India and Pakistan are going to merge and they will unitedly and collectively become another strong country in the basis of this partition? Would you like to say it? Yeah, it can happen in one or two centuries, I believe, around 100-200 years. The problem here is the people of the Pakistan. People of Pakistan haven't moved. Really brainwashed from the first day of their school to last day of their breath, they are told to hate India. They are told to hate Bharata, the people of India. And these people are, the terrorism is out of control there, the government doesn't exist there. It's a military which controls the people and the country. And I don't think it is actually necessary as well. And it is actually so good thing to unite Pakistan into our sovereign state. Yeah, that's the thing. Okay, so... That might be a chances, but till all these centuries, would you think that these territorial or these conflicts between India and Pakistan will be continued or there might be some peaceful moments between India and Pakistan? Like how we have the relation between India and Japan or India and Russia. Do you think that India can establish such a great friendship with Pakistan in future? See, the reason why we have friends, friendship between India and Japan, India and Russia, India and Israel is because we don't have a common boundary. We don't have a common boundary to share, okay? But that's not the case with Pakistan. We have a common boundary with them. And to be honest, the name Pakistan or the country Pakistan doesn't exist in around 20-30 years from now. It will be dismantled and, you know, split into four states that Balochistan, Sindh province, many other provinces, they are like there's this map of divided Pakistan. And for your kind information, let me tell you that Afghanistan and Pakistan are just like India and Pakistan. 
even afghanistan has some issues with pakistan because of this duran line and all there are multiple clashes between afghan soldiers and pakistani rangers during this between this border clash around duran line yeah that's it okay so next question which i would like to ask might go a bit controversial and i want you to make it a bit controversial okay. so i would like to ask your point of view about the two great people both from india and pakistan that is from india i would like to give your point of view about our shri shri mahatma gandhi ji he doesn't deserve to be called mahatma stop calling him mahatma he's he's not a mahatma okay i don't want to call him mahatma okay so for your thing i would like to call him mohandas karamchand gandhi yeah just and mohandas gandhi yeah that that would be way more better and from pakistan i would like to give your point of view about mohammad ali jinnah mm, jinnah who is the person whose picture is printed on the pakistani currency actually in twitter the father of the pakistan is not mohammad ali jinnah father of the pakistan is this major i forgot his name one army major is there retired army major they call him the father of the pakistan actually <laughs> But yeah, why is this difference? Like in India, we have father of nation as Gandhi. Hey, he's not a father of the nation. Yeah, but father of the nation doesn't exist actually. Actually, okay, this was perpetrated by these pigs, and yeah, we are still following it. I don't know these liberals, these leftists, calling father of the nation. He didn't do any right thing to the country. Okay, actually. So as you just mentioned that he didn't do anything right to our country. So would you just mention what all he did and what all are his acts? about dividing the india or all the other views of gandhi and also the point of view of mohammad ali jinnah okay let's first finish off this mahatma gandhi topic okay? stop calling him mahatma man yeah this gandhi is topic okay yeah okay so first thing first he was a british agent yeah this might be very controversial but he's a british agent and he participated in world war 1 as an ambulance driver for rifleman in british army and he fought this war between dutch settlements and britishers in this africa this i forgot the name of this war this famous war in which he participated and he begged can even google search or bing search it in online he there are this written documents of this gandhi himself that he is begging for the britishers to give him arms so that he can fight against and when it comes to india he doesn't want to fight because this was all pre planned this was perpetrated by british he was a perfect agent for them to get the things done because of him our independence or purna swaraj was delayed and because of him our country was ruined actually so a hypothetical question mm. that is if mahatma gandhi and jawaharlal nehru wouldn't been existing in our books right what do you think like at which year would we have got our independence from the britishers see in that scenario if these two gentlemen didn't do exist then i would preferably say that subhash chandra bose would have been a dictator for around brief amount of time and after that we would get purna swaraj not this independence independence is a myth okay we we are not independent we our independence i think we were not independent around thousands of years actually we were the first people to experience this taste of independence but it is not actually fully independence because we were continually ruled by this leftist by around 60 years or so there was this famous tweet by kangana renault yeah this famous kangana ranawat yeah kangana ranawat or whatever he she she quoted that we got independence of 2020 i believe that is actually true okay so how do you call that we got our independence after 20s yeah see hypothetically any country which was you know born after 1940 so any country which was born very late have a better chance to perform well in economy perform well in infrastructure perform well in 
overall things but after independence our economy was around 0.3% 1% 0.02% growth rate which is not normal it was artificially done by this lehru he was you know great fan of communism he wanted to implement communism in india actually he did this fire plan things panchavarshika yojana we call that concentrating only on one sector for fires this thing which was very terrible for our country and because of which our economy was not growing in sufficiently and we even had this semiconductor factories in 1960s 1970s only but unfortunate fire broke mysterious fire broke in that and we were left behind and now we are importing 100% of our semiconductors and we had potential but it was destroyed because of the bad leadership of the nehru i'm not telling that nehru policies were not good yeah there are some policies which are you know very excellent like lic and all and very well right now <laughs> yeah and yeah that's the thing because of the bad leadership we were not able to achieve the potential which we are actually able to achieve okay so that was some information about gandhi and nehru yes yeah this is not a complete information let me tell you one more thing Okay. When it comes to this independence of India, independence, so, so to say, independence of India, there was there was this mutiny. What happened after World War Two is that Royal Indian Navy went broke. Sailors started rebelling against British sailors because at that time the ratio of Britishers to India was one is to hundred. Okay, so in order to convince hundred people to stop attacking on one person is to say them non-violence is the way. That was the thing for which Gandhi was used. He said non-violence is the way. Then he sent the Indians to fight the war in Europe for World War One and World War Two. Isn't that violence? Isn't that ahimsa? And you know, safeguarding our homeland, we need ahimsa. What? What the? Yeah, I can't curse in this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, you can curse it because in podcast you totally have the freedom of speech, man. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It makes me angry, dude. Yeah. So I guess see, if it comes to Gandhi, yeah, he was actually a bit hypocrite, and he used his own ideology to keep Indians under the colonies of Britishers. But in fact, he, in fact, let me tell you, during the period of nineteen forties to nineteen fifties, not only India, there were multiple countries which got independence from this British, and they got independence by the Britishers themselves because after World War Two, Britishers went broke. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing because of which they left India and before going out of India, they looted around forty trillion US dollars from today's point of view. And they looted that money and that from that money they built their you know, their country and they went even to United States and all. And I was talking about this mutiny. What happened is that in nineteen forty-six itself, after the end of World War Two, when Indian Navy went rogue, they started protesting against British officers and all. and strength because of royal indian army britishers were alive in india once if army started rebelling against them they are done we would get independence overnight okay to stop this happening the same thing from navy to army they used sardar patel and he came to bombay and promised this sailors who were protesting against you know, we will grant you this we will grant you this and immediately after they surrendered they were captured and they were prisoned This mutiny was, you know, how this to this mutiny was killed. Had if that mutiny was succeeded, we would get this Purna Swaraj not by non-violence, by hook, by force, by fighting. Yeah. Okay. So that was an incident which is actually not presented in our textbooks, our uh, educational textbooks. Yeah, because it is designed by leftists. It is designed by you know Marxist professors and all. Yeah, because they don't want to. Show you the true reality of our history, and they just want to believe you that 
Gandhi is the one who you know brought independence to India. Nehru is the one who you know developed India. That's not the thing. That's not the Gandhi is actually ruined it. And Rahul Gandhi is the latest example of what was happened that day. He's the failed product actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your yeah. words are totally true. Yeah. And yeah, these statements which you have given might be a bit controversial. But these yeah. are not controversial. These are the hard facts. These are the truth bombs actually. Yeah, these. Some people might take it in a controversial way, but these are the sore truths. We have to accept it. And yeah, coming back again to our topic, would you like to give your point of view about Muhammad Ali Jinnah also? Yes, Muhammad Ali Jinnah first, at the very beginning, he was actually very patriot. He didn't want any separate state for Muslims and all. He was very patriot. He wanted complete independence from India. But what happened is that the behavior Gandhi showed to him, the behavior, his actions and his words turned him into getting a separate state for Muslims. And even after that, after getting a separate state for Muslims, he died even after just two years after that. I don't blame Muhammad Ali Jinnah because British Asian, he was actually very patriot, but he had to take this action because of the actions of the Gandhi. Okay, so... Gandhi just forced Muhammad Ali Jinnah to work for the Britishers. But in insight, he was also a patriot who mm. wanted India to be a free country. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that was really an informative statement which you gave about Muhammad Ali Jinnah. And yeah, we even covered both of the people who are really so-called famous in both India and Pakistan. And hope so that these all relations and all these talks which you just heard, we was... These are really so informative and you might have got really great knowledge and also we just got really a good information about it. And yeah, one last question, Mr. Praneet. So we just spoke about all these things and we just wrapped up all the other topics. So finally concluding, uh, would you like to give your point of view about the terrorism which is occurring? Okay, terrorism. So the birthplace of the terrorism is Afghanistan and Pakistan. Actually, Afghanistan to be precise. What happened is that during the Cold War era, when Soviet troops were present in Afghanistan, in order to push them back, United States played this proxy war with Soviet Union by, you know, creating Taliban. Taliban was the first terrorist organization and their job was to just fight. Once Soviet Union was dismantled, Soviet Union was destroyed, they had no other work. They had only work which was to fight and now there's nothing to do. They started engaging illegal activities like selling drugs and all, selling human trafficking and all. Because of which it became terror organizations and all. I'm not telling all Muslims are terrorists, but, but every terrorist is a Muslim. This will give a clear picture. I'm repeating it again. Every Muslim is not a terrorist, but every terrorist is a Muslim. This will give you a clear picture there are multiple terror organizations in Pakistan itself like I, I will name a few uh, Jasha Muhammad followed by TTP and BLA that is Balochistan Liberation Army Taliban followed by ISIS-K, ISIS, Hizbul Mujahideen, lakshar e and multiple multiple terror organizations are there. These terror organizations are funded by the West. They fund West means United States and the complete block of the West. Imagine when I say West, it doesn't mean the geographical West. West means the English speaking country, the countries which are influenced by English speaking countries. That is European Union, the Northern America and the Australia and New Zealand. These are typically called as Western geopolitical terms. Okay. The West invested them doing this and because they got money from West, 
they used to attack india there were multiple terror attacks in india when it was the time of congress period we have mumbai attack we had this kashmir incident which, ha- which happened in 1980s they had only one agenda bleed india with thousand cups they used to get money from united states especially united states and using that money they used to conduct terror operations in india but as of now it might be any terror organizations our indian defense forces are fully prepared and we are ready to roast them and purify our sanity to them at any moment or any cost or any time and for the latest example for that is pulwama attacks and then we went into the territory and bombed their asses with this miras 2000 fighter and uh, spice 2000 bombs and uri attacks and all yeah we are ready to repel at any moment and india is a strong country now and pakistan to conclude in a simple word india is going to prevail and pakistan will dismantle and destroy bharat for good that's it yeah okay so as you just mentioned like terrorist organization the main agenda of terrorist organization is just to flow the blood like they are just sending the terrorists to india and their main agenda is to just kill the people regardless of ideal goals yeah so yeah i guess that was it for the podcast and i just think that we just covered whole and soul of the india and pakistan's relations and all the things which are going india and pakistan and hope so that part 2 of this will come in the future in which we are going to be discussing about all the neighboring countries and india's relation with all those neighboring countries and yeah, i guess that's it for today's podcast thank you very much for listening to the podcast guys and hope so that you just liked this podcast and today this podcast will be again of geopolitics playlist and thank you very much and jai shri ram